0: technical analysts believe that Ethereum could be ready to skyrocket to $5,200. Frankly, you've been hearing me talk about Ethereum so much that you know that I would say, why so bearish, guys? I think we can go much higher than that. AI coins are going absolutely nuclear still because Nvidia crushed their earnings, which a lot of people thought was not possible. Is this really hype? Is there something real here in crypto with AI? We can discuss that as well. And more importantly, I've got Charles Jansen from S&P Global here to talk about the important things in crypto, where we're really seeing adoption and what's going on with stable coins around the world. Texas West Capital on the back half. Let's go, guys. Let's do What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of Wall Street. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and hit that like button. I readjusted my camera to get my head in, and now I look like I have no shoulders. Honestly, the camera struggles, man. Something happened with my camera. It's too zoomed. I feel very uncomfortable. But here we are. Anyways, the people who listen to this on audio, they can't see it, by the way, and they're just going to tune out and, and, and think that I'm nuts. But that's fine. Today we are going to talk about adoption of crypto all over the world, stable coins, Argentina, institutional adoption. We've got a lot on the docket. I'm gonna go ahead and bring on one of my favorite guests right now, Charles Jansen from S P Global. Good to have you back, man. It's been a while actually.
1: Yeah, hey, yeah. It's been like almost a year. Good to see you again, Scott. Has
0: it seriously been that long? That's that's Astounding. Well, you know, listen, a lot's happened. We we obviously talk about the fact that you're from Argentina or you lived in Argentina and you were there until not so long ago. A lot's changed in Argentina since then.
1: Yeah, a lot. So since last time we spoke, I think at that time, inflation was maybe around 100%. They went even higher. Poverty went, went higher, but they had a huge change of president. They have somebody that wants to do what uh, the president two times ago didn't do, which is not go with gradualism and just electrify the country, just do the hard way immediately. So we'll see how it, how that goes. What's interesting is that it's pro-Bitcoin, it's pro-crypto in general. I think some transactions were already done in Bitcoin. Uh, and and just as a reminder from last time we spoke, like Argentina is one of the places that use stablecoin a lot. right? You, if you want to save, you cannot save in pesos, so you'll save in dollars. People want dollars. And now most of the black market, the cave where you go, accept USDT. So that's a big market for stable coins. And if it starts to become more uh, regulated in some form, not totally legal, I I just wonder if a country like that might lose their currency. And in this specific case, well, the president is in favor of using the US dollar. So, Do you think that... uh
0: USDT, are you hinting, could theoretically become illegal in a country like Argentina? I mean, to your point, I know argentinians, we've I've told the stories a million times, but generally people would go to the black market, pay an exceptional premium just to get cash, and then United States cash. and then they would go to the bank and put it in their safety deposit box <laughs> rather than putting it into the actual bank account, right? So people have always wanted dollars. Uh, and that, I think, has been the case around the world. I think, much to the dismay or despair of hardcore Bitcoin maxis. Because every metric that we have shows that when people around the world want to exit their inflationary currency or want to get access to better money, they want dollars. They're not going for Bitcoin. We're seeing stablecoin adoption skyrocketing everywhere around the world. 100 billion market cap now has been surpassed for Tether. I mean, it's an absolute beast.
1: Yeah. And so, well, you know, if you want to invest and speculate and maybe hope to earn more, like investing Bitcoin makes sense. Like it's just my opinion, not the one of my employer, but it it makes sense. Now, if you want to save and be safe and maybe buy a car, buy holidays to Disney World with your kid, then you don't want the fluctuation, right? Because you you don't have four years, so the cycle will come back. Now, specifically on Stablecoin, yes, there's a lot of development and we can touch later on the the product we just launched but the consequence of launching this product which is a stablecoin uh, stability assessment is that we've been contacted by many stablecoins that don't even exist yet and and it's just they're popping up everywhere i don't know if you saw why uh, white combinator mentioned that they are also focusing on investing in stablecoin companies just from the news um, john powell's mentioned that there, there is a need to have a stablecoin legislation in the u.s because we're a bit behind with Mika, etc. and and also jurisdiction um, taking care of that. So what you're showing here is uh, the stablecoin stability assessment. Do, do you want me to go over it? Uh, yeah, well,
0: so it? yeah, I mean, give us the broad strokes on what this, this is, obviously, guys, just to give context, Charles and I have been talking for years, we've had him on, and there's another Charles that works with him. So we, we used to make the Charles and Charles jokes, the Charles is in charge, I guess. But S&P Global, obviously one of the largest, most credible financial institutions in the world, has been deep with these guys in the crypto market for quite a while. After we dig into this, Charles, I want to get your feeling on now seeing all these ETFs approved and everything because that wasn't even on our radar really when we started talking, right? So the institutional adoption side. But yeah, I would love for you to dig into this because A, we're already seeing algorithmic stablecoins coming back. I'm actually interviewing this afternoon, the CEO of Athena, which is taking the world by storm here, it seems kind of uh, risky, right? They're offering seven percent yields. We're seeing that kind of thing again. We're seeing USDC pulled from Tron, right? So there's yeah, yeah. they're varying
1: degrees of risk
0: and interest in these stable coins.
1: Yeah, so, well, we started our team around two years ago, and something that was consistent as feedback was, can you provide visibility on stable coin? And this was from before USD so of course even more after Terra Luna so basically here um, what you're showing is a page where anybody can go it's gated so there is a form to get in but it's free and you can assess you can access the different assessment we did on a different stable coin. So the idea is to continue to add more and more by explain a bit what it is So basically it comes with an assessment and a score so now you have different score from one to four. One being the best for uh, one to five, sorry, five being the worst. And the way it's set up is first, the analyst will look at the quality of the asset. And then you'll have a first score. And then this score can go a notch down depending on the governance, the legal framework, the liquidity, the, the track record, et cetera. So it ta- it's focused on the probability of a DPEG. Nobody asks us to do it, nobody has to pay us to do it. It's something we're doing in a not-issue-paid way. So it's not like a rating. It's not a rating. That's why we always say it's a score. But it's something that now give a benchmark on what is the probability of a DPEG of those different stablecoins. And, well, we receive a lot of demand from a lot of new um, stablecoins that don't even exist yet. So it's really interesting because we find out that they are really, so I cannot share names, but they are really strong entity and powers, for instance, in the Middle East, in Asia, in Europe, that wants to come with stable coin that they would own and would be extremely heavily regulated. And and this could even include looking at getting them rated. So rating is something different. A rating is the probability of default of something, something you do typically on a bond. But here it's the same. It's if I put my money in this stable coin, what is the chance I get my money back? So um, now this is useful for the institutions because there's a lot of different institutions that are not that familiar yet with So It gives them a third party opinion by somebody that is not involved in any deal. And I expect all stablecoins to be score and rated in the middle term.
0: Okay, how many of
1: these are safe?
0: Right, you just said you're seeing a ton of these coming on. We've seen obviously a number of them quote unquote fail or disappear or have FUD, right? UST, you mentioned obviously Luna being the biggest one. We've seen sort of a lot of FUD around TUSD, right? And so we we see them depegging. Even Tether and USDC have had slight DPEGs. USDC last year, I think, was viewed very much as the strongest and safest. And they had over $3 billion in Silicon Valley Bank, which was a risk I don't think anybody was assessing. So are stable coins truly safe, or is this just a sliding scale?
1: Well, they all have their own risk. So if you look at the different assessment, and I invite all your audience to, to just go there again. Anybody can get in. Um, the, nobody is at the one grade level, right? So nobody is at the safest grade. Uh, there is a few that are at grade two. There is a few that are at grade five. So um stablecoin come with their own risk. It's true for tokenized cash, it's true for tokenized treasuries. You know, when I speak with people uh, launching this product, for instance with tokenized treasuries, because we, we can also rate that, what they are telling me is, oh well, but we have, you know, double AA, A, triple A treasuries in as assets, so we should have the same kind of Rating or evaluation. The truth is, there's a lot of operational risks. There's a lot of different angle on what would happen if this protocol or this company goes bankrupt was the custodian. So There's a lot of different risks. So stablecoin are uh, at different grade of risk, and that's what we try to we try really to 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 show here. But we cannot say it's one is without any risk for
0: sure. So let's talk about the ETFs, obviously. As I mentioned, you and I have been talking about institutional adoption, S&P, Global. You guys were one of the biggest names that was sort of openly working in this space ahead of everyone else. Maybe you guys, Fidelity, you know, a few of the bigger names. What did it mean for you to see the SEC approving begrudgingly a series of Bitcoin spot ETFs? And how does that affect what you're doing at S&P?
1: So we don't have a direct impact, but we have some impact. So we were the first to launch uh, Bitcoin ETF in 2020, uh, Bitcoin index sorry in 2020, which all the ETF will be using index indices because it's just not one price of Bitcoin. So you need to define what you're following. Now, what is really interesting, so the, the, the SEC approval was huge, but just the fact that BlackRock getting to the game was also huge. And if you remember when it was, it was like the same week or the week after the SEC was suing Coinbase, Coinbase and I think. Binance.
0: Yeah, Coinbase so,
1: and Binance and Binance. Yeah. So it was really a, you know, a low in the bear market. It was really the moment was were very happy. Larry saved us. Larry Fink literally saved our entire. He had a huge like Atlas impact. shrugged.
0: Yeah, he saved us. Yeah,
1: and, and everything he's saying also, right? When he's on uh, in, interviewed, he's speaking about the tokenization of everything, how all security will be tokenized, which is exactly what. I believe in, and my team believing, and Chuck also. So um, that that was huge. Then the SEC approving it, I think it's just a statement. Again, that's just my opinion, but it's a statement that now crypto and Bitcoin and and, and all those stable coins, etc., and other token are inevitable. Like it is happening. Uh, I I think uh, BlackRock is pushing for an ECTF so i think it's likely again it's just my opinion but i think it's gonna happen I, I i'm not that sure about future etf on like other token because many are companies so it's it's harder you'll have how they also half, don't maybe. they
0: just don't have a market of meaningful size and there's no way for them to really track ethereum has a cme futures market right so yep. there's an underlying you don't have any way to say that Solana is not manipulated right now, right? That just you're not you're not
1: getting that past the SEC for now. I agree. I agree, and same foremost as a token. But um, what is interesting to me, and I'm thinking a lot about, I'm curious to have your perspective. Is well, nice ETF is definitely something very interesting. But I think investor pretty quickly when they start understanding what Ethereum is, will want the yield included in that ETF. So we saw that ARK
0: filed, when they refiled, they added staking as a potential thing. Yeah. A lot of people saying that gives the SEC a reason not to approve. And I can't argue with that, right? So we have the argument that if they file in the same exact manner, following the same path as the Bitcoin spot ETFs, so that an Ethereum spot ETF should get approved. This is a different wrinkle because you're allowing ARK, obviously, to take the, those funds and do something with them. Actively, right, which is staking. But if people start, if that is approved, and people start to understand institutions that they can earn a three, five, six, seven percent yield within that ETF, it's just massive,
1: right? You and I think that. Plenty. So
0: actually, I think an Ethereum spot ETF that gets approved without it, we will have a lot of hype and very little interest. As much as I'm an Ethereum bull, I, I just we saw the Ethereum futures ETF launch. I mean, these things did like twenty million in a week. Nothing. Like maybe yeah. that was timing, but I just don't think the the interest is there in Ethereum yet, unless they start to see that yield.
1: I, I, I think the the yield from validating will probably be a phase two, and the like of BlackRock are not asking for that. Also, it comes with new risk, since you know I'm focusing on that. What is the risk of the validating service that you use? Because most of those company will not validate themselves for the ETF, right? So you'll have to go to some of the big validator. There are more and more being created. They each come with their own risks. Again, what happens if they get bankrupt, etc. cetera. Um, but I I still have hope for a, a big adoption of this ETF. So Bitcoin is so famous that, well, it, it obviously was extremely successful as an ETF. But I think we're still in the wave of the Bitcoin ETF and anybody kind of investing in the Bitcoin ETF now from institutions is probably starting to do some deep dive on the number two on ETH and Ethereum. So, so I, I think it's, it's still, uh, it could still be something very, Powerful again, it's just my I think opinion. with
0: time it will be very big. I just don't think it'll be the same type of hyped launch and you know, uh, the Cointucky Derby as they d- dubbed it with you know, 10 issuers. And I think that it will uh take a lot longer for institutions to go further down the rabbit hole to ETH. I happen to be a massive ETH bull myself, you know, I, certainly from a price perspective. My title Ethereum just skyrocketed to 5.2k. If you look at charts. It looks like that's very likely. Ethereum right now is beating Bitcoin, at least temporarily, if you're looking at the price action. And I think it's a lagging narrative that is yet to come. And then you add the Ethereum spot ETF narrative into it. And I think that from a trading perspective, it becomes a very sort of a compelling trade personally. And listen, that's still where all of the TVL is, right? People, we can talk about all these other chains and what's happening, but all the liquidity is on Ethereum.
1: I, I'm known as an East snob, not say Maxi. So, well, again, it's just my opinion. Not Maxi, 100%. but uh, yeah, I believe a lot of the, the L2 and and avoiding the fragmentation of liquidity. So that's where you know the zkVM and different technique could just make something that make more sense. And if you look, for instance, at one of the requirements that come from MAS, you know, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, Project Guardian. Next, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. Um, I can quickly touch on it if not. But basically, uh, there's the ACC, if you want, of uh, Singapore. And they've been doing a lot to push uh, well, sandbox and, and adoption and use cases in Singapore. And well, GP Morgan and many other banks are part of this. And one of the requirements they had was it has to be on a public chain, which coming from a regulator was exceptional because, in general, they would ask for the opposite. And, and the idea behind that was, well, it has to be on public chain because they want to avoid the fragmentation of liquidity. So now if we start to have a lot of different projects on different public chain, well, I know there are oracles and potential solution coming, but we still have this risk of fragmentation of liquidity, which and, le- and lower security and decentralization for, for some of the chain. So yeah, that's that's what pushed me to believe a lot in saving.
0: So listen, you have a 10-year history in machine learning And yesterday was arguably the most bullish, insane day in history for AI because NVIDIA absolutely crushed earnings. I won't get into it so deeply with you, but there was massive expectations that people thought no company could possibly hit and NVIDIA crushed them all. Obviously, literally their income doesn't even match the price of their stock, meaning the stock could go much higher. But outside of that, then of course, we see the nonsense in crypto, which is that anything that's even superficially dubbed AI or someone could consider AI or claims to be AI goes absolutely nuclear, as as we say here, and those coins continue to pop. I think that's nonsense and yet again will be another bubble. But I mean, what do you make
1: of this massive AI boom and is there any meaningful connection to crypto? So again, that's just my opinion. I personally have never seen a project that makes sense to me, that combine blockchain and AI. Uh, I haven't seen them all. Uh, but so far, it really feels, and I always insist, again, it's only my opinion, but so far it really feels like surfing the wave and hype. Uh, it's just some are good idea, but are almost impossible to execute. Like, for instance, if you say, oh, instead of having, you know, GPUs not being used, we could just... Decentralize all that, and you could rent your GPU, and it would be at the world level. And then you'll have the biggest computer that could be a brand etc. The complexity of something like that is just insane. And the reason why GPU, for instance, were working so well for machine learning is because, well, made, they were made for video game, and like, for instance, changing all the light stuff. So they do a lot of small computation uh, at scale on many different cores at the same time. So now when you start to have different chip at the same time working together to do the same calculation, it just doesn't seem something that can be done at the state of technology right now. And and all the others I've heard also, I'm less exposed to the, the coin themselves, but there's a lot of startups that would pitch me related to, hey, we are blockchain and AI. In general, the AI case is really hard to understand or will be just some, you know, basic data extraction, maybe uh, level machine learning. So yeah, there is a lot of hype here. And so far I haven't seen anything that feels compelling.
0: But do you think that forget the crypto connection, I think, but having been in machine learning for 10 years, do you think that this is the very early innings of AI, that there's really something very significant here? You know, a lot of people see this as paradigm shift in everything, right? Yeah. That AI can can change, can change almost everything that we do. Uh, and so, you know, you, you have a really
1: extensive background here. Uh, I think so far and it's changing fast, so it could change. We just saw Zora from OpenAI, which surprised again, everybody, but so far what I see that it's a, like JNI Gen in general is a great tool for, uh, enhancing people, right? So I have friends and even myself, when you do code, you can just ask copilot or whatever, Gemini, uh, create. Trail- code that does this or that. What tends to happen is that the code then doesn't work, but you go way faster in fixing it that you would have uh, just writing everything yourself. Also, if you do just small bits, it basically helps replacing part of what you would have done with, with Stack Overflow because when you're a developer, between machine learning or not, you're often you're spending most of your time debugging and, and finding what's wrong is what your code and how to make it work. And I think that's where it's going to be very, very useful for the LLMs and AI. And, and, and that's something that was touched on as an all-in podcast by Shamad. And I think that's a real implication we'll have here, is you will have a shift in how VC works and how startups are being created, because now you don't need an office post-COVID. You can hire people in Argentina in India all across the world and you can pay them in crypto like many do. And then they can just do the work of 10 people by leveraging tools like, like Gen AI. So it, it totally changes the, the, the amount of money they need to raise, the, the, the burn rate they'll have. And I think that's, that's the most important part why now. I, I don't see so far a real intelligent AI any like like Neos, so we're getting a
0: little bit ahead of ourselves which makes perfect sense so i mean finally before i let you go what is smp now focused on obviously the stable stablecoin uh, stability understanding that what else are you guys going to be working on
1: now as we
0: move forward into this next cycle
1: well we're still looking at where we can serve the market in general to provide visibility on risk through the benchmark and analytic where we're experts in so, yes, yeah, so the SSA, the Stablecoin Stability Assessment, was just released. So we will look at just adding more stable coin as uh, they come and when they're relevant. There are some big ones we don't have yet, and, and there are many uh, being created. I think it would be beneficial for the market to have more and more actual rating in the field, be it for real-world assets, for stablecoins, which are tokenized cash and well what I said two or tokenized treasuries. So I think this is coming too. And then we're looking at some potential new case for risk evaluation related for instance for to staking and what we discussed before. That's that's the plan.
0: Guy Charles, where can everybody follow you after this? Keep up with what you're doing. Thanks. All right guys, thank you so much. Charles, have a good one. See you soon. Bye. Guys, before I bring on Chris, we've got to mention, obviously, our amazing sponsor, which is Devi. I know you guys have been following along very closely. They actually had some huge news later. They sent me a letter. I guess I should just uh, tell you what it says. We are thrilled to share that Devi has received a resoundingly positive ruling from the, I don't speak French, Autorité des Marchés Financiers AMF, granting us the elusive French AMF ICO visa. The milestone marks a significant achievement for our project. Notably, Devi became the only pioneering L1 token to secure such esteemed approval from the AMF, showcasing our unwavering commitment to operating at the highest standards. This not only reflects our forward-thinking approach, but also instills confidence in our ability to navigate regulatory landscapes across global markets with finesse. The significance of this approval extends far beyond being recognized as the sole L1 token to receive such validation. It paves the way for expansive opportunities, facilitating fruitful collaborations with major enterprise. You guys get the idea. I've told you literally every single week, about Debbie, the new emerging layer one that is purpose-built to work with institutions and with governments and that a lot of the other L1s will never get that stamp of approval. Well, this is a huge one for them. They'll be working closely with the French government. And like I said, guys, this is the former head of the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, the inventor of the Kindle, the CIO of Starbucks. I mean, absolutely massive monster team. You can check them down out down the description. There's no affiliate link, no tracking link, no nothing. They just want more awareness of their incredible project. And I ask you guys to give it to them and take a look at everything that they're building. All right, guys. Now it is time to talk about Ethereum skyrocketing to 5.2 K and AI coins going nuclear. Chris, should, should AI coins in crypto be going absolutely nuts because NVIDIA had good earnings?
2: Of course they could. They, they talk about AI, right? I mean, that, that's that's the thought process anyway.
0: <laughs> Long Island Blockchain ICT up five hundred percent. Oh man,
2: that was crazy, right? Um, yeah, no. I mean, you know, it, it's what's expected. It's what I was talking about prior to it happening, and then of course I tweeted out afterward after uh, Nvidia just like rocked everybody's world there. Um, you know, I had said earlier that I thought Nvidia was probably headed toward at least a thousand um, before we see any real meaningful pull uh, pullback, and this. Uh, we'll look at the chart here in a minute, but I think this kind of just says it with it. But with NVIDIA, everybody thinking AI with NVIDIA, if it's going up, then, I mean, good, bad, or otherwise, everybody's going to kind of say, okay, well, it's, all, it's safe to jump in. We want more AI. We want something else, maybe other in addition to uh, NVIDIA. And so anything that says, you know, hey, AI or, you know, maybe has the letters A and I in their name, uh, you know, pump up there a bit. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to think of all kinds of words that have AI in them. But let's take a look <laughs> at the chart and see what it actually means. Because actually, it looked like it was going to correct. I see people in the uh, comments saying, I look like AI. I just checked the YouTube stream. I, I feel like I look fine. I don't know what happened, if there's something going on with my camera. It's more like it's shoulders. Yeah. It's my, I need better, more shoulders. I'm going to stand like this.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you know, so NVIDIA, here we go, right? So, I mean, um, the count I've got kind of running through through here. Uh, I had this this major three and four back over here. Uh, at, the, at the time here, I was looking for a possibility of dropping through this gap, but it never did. Um, so we're looking for maybe some kind of news event or something. It never happened. Finished up there. We have rallied up. And so what do we have here? We rallied in the, uh, this is the daily here, into this R2 pivot. We've got this flat correction right here. It comes down A, goes up B, and then we got C down here. Support right here at the R1 pivot. And then, of course, market's opening now and, you know, Big whipsaw action there, right back up to a new high. Um, you know, so I'm looking at this right uh, locally based on the height of wave four here that would give us an initial target of like $801. Uh, you know, we'll see how this goes. Uh, this is a pretty big movement here. Uh, so this could overextend. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, rallying up here, I mean, just based on that and getting, you know, wave four pullback then around 645 or something like that. Uh, would give us this five 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 of three up here around nine twenty. If this continues to rally, up, which it does appear like it's going to overextend here, um, you know that's just going to that's just going to move everything up further as far as targets go. So again, still looking at a uh, thousand plus for Nvidia. Um, and this before, thing's carrying this thing the whole market.
0: Amazing. I mean, it's well, carrying the entire market. It's carrying the oh, entire yeah. market yeah. at this point. Like the if this if if they were down. Uh, the entire NASDAQ would be massively down. I mean, when you look at the articles about this, Goldman's Trading Desk calls NVIDIA most important stock on earth. <laughs> NVIDIA set for biggest gain in nine months is AI drive sales. Stock rally powers on after NVIDIA hits home run. And then, of course, ai link crypto token surge after
2: NVIDIA yeah. sees tipping point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, it, I, I don't know. I think if you've been in, uh, in crypto for any length of time, a few years, or at least one cycle, uh, I think you kind of get used to this idea that um, you know, crypto prices basically for the most part, especially in the you know the shit coins are driven by narratives and narratives are attached to words, and words are attached to what's everybody paying attention to, right? Whether it does it or not, or whether it really does anything special with it, just the fact that it's associated by verbiage. Uh, you know, everybody just kind of jumps in there and wants to be the first in there. Um, you know, it's you know, I've been this big proponent of listen, guys. The only thing, uh, the only two things that are really, uh, I, I think that are, are really kind of fundamentals in there, uh, you know, really Bitcoin and Ethereum, everything else for the most part, uh, even today, are still shit coins. And, and you know, and I say that having, you know, talked with about sol being a good buy at $9. It's it with
0: love. It's Zay it with love.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, when, when I'm looking at that, you know, I, I don't get married to anything other than really Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those are the two that. I, I wouldn't even say married to, but I've, I've, hold, I've held for a long time. I'll continue holding. Um, everything else for me are shorter term trades, um, maybe maybe a cycle at the most. Uh, but yeah.
0: Well, listen, we're going to talk about let's do both Bitcoin and Ethereum because we have Bitcoin could hit 150K according to fund strats Tom Lee. And then we have Ether's triangle breakout could push it to new all time high of 5.2K coming from crack. And we've all seen that ascending triangle. But let's take a look at those charts from your perspective.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to kind of look at, I, I've had two counts on this Bitcoin. Um, the first one's a more conservative account. It was a one, two, one, two. Um, and that gives us, you know, a minimum expected wave three target up here at around 57,000, okay? However, here's the thing. We've got this large ascending channel here, okay? When you're doing Elliott Wave, usually when, when you're breaking out of your, you know, your one, two channel, the wave three breaks out and it's significant because wave three is the big wave that everybody says, Oh crap, I'm going the wrong way. I need to be in now and whatnot. So usually there's a big move from that. And um, so we're kind of just hovering right around that um, resistance right now. So if we get an impulsive breakout through that, I mean, I'm, I'm watching for that for, you know, for something like to potentially happen because then all of a sudden it makes this, you know, this alternate count, this one, two, with a three up here minimum at 77,000 um, much more likely, uh, really. Um, so yeah, so right now I'm just kind of watching this area. If we just kind of get a meager kind of push out, I'll still be watching 57, but if we get any kind of real traction on a breakout here, I mean, I'm really going to be looking up here, maybe around 77,000. And here's the thing. That's the initial target. That's the 1.618 extension of wave one here. The 200% is usually a secondary target and it's up there at around hundred thousand. So, I mean, would it not be pretty crazy to kind of rally this thing up to 100,000, then kind of pull back to, you know, around 50, uh, and then kind of uh, continue up or even, you know, uh, 65 or something like that, and then continue up higher? I mean, things can get really interesting, I think, because it's just so much, so many different things are happening at the end of last cycle and through the beginning of this cycle that haven't happened before, right? So yeah, you know, nice. everybody's out so here trying ETF to approvals. Well, ETF approvals, the structure itself, um, a lot more basing along the way. You know, as it's moving up there, which often when you're doing that, it leads to a more parabolic move. And so, yeah, um, I'm definitely not shrugging off this idea. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but man, I am not ignoring the fact that we could see this this strong rally, and, and everybody's kind of waiting for this pullback, right? Everybody's still waiting for this pullback that hasn't happened yet. Um, and I think they're kind of missing. We've got decent pullbacks along the way here, 20% along the way. We've got long time, you know, seven months sideways, another 20% pullback, you know. And here we are. <laughs> so 49, uh, you know, 49 to waiting.
0: 38. <laughs> yeah, 49 to 38 should have been enough pullback for anyone who's been here before. Sorry.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, now if we do get rejected somewhere up here, like a good rejection, somewhere up here within you know, within a few thousand dollars of where we are here. I could see potentially a pullback down here to around 40,000 maybe, uh, maybe even 39 here. Uh, but ultimately, everything else aside, I mean, let's let's look at this. Everything else aside, these are the weekly, uh, well, they're the yearly pivots on the weekly time frame. We came in sideways between the pivot and the R1. We've continued to rally up to the R1. So everything else aside, without thinking about wave counts, without thinking about the ascending channel, all that kind of stuff, normally speaking, when you have this movement, if you move up aggressively toward that R2 pivot, most of the time you're going to rally to at least the r4 if not the r5 or break out it's just that aggressive movement right here now if we get rejected in this area again we'll pull back sometimes it's to the pivot but in this case we do have this sideways here so it would probably just be again that 40,000 kind of area 39 maybe and then we'd look to go up higher so i mean i think that's that's as good a pullback as you're going to get if you get one right now Um, i could be wrong but just just based on structures and other things that I know about price action and, and, you know, these different types of indicators and the way they work out generally. You know, it's all leading me to this cautiously looking at, at potentially a pop out that really kind of rallies. And that's going to scare the heck out of people. They're going to be too scared to jump in uh, until it gets to an all time high. And then, you know, that'll fuel it even more.
0: All right. Let's take a look at ETH and then uh, dig through a couple more charts you got here.
2: All right. Uh, Here's the ascending triangle. I see it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I and not that I'm saying it has to be an ascending triangle. Uh as I've said before, really for me it's just this idea that we've got um uh ascending higher lows up. here toward this consolidation. Um and then we got the breakout and then we got some sideways on top of the breakout and here we are going out again. My wave 3 target hasn't changed any. Uh my wave circle 3 of 3 up there at 4626. Uh locally I'm looking around 31, 34, and then 33, 14 and a half or so. Um just kind of locally there. But you know, nothing's changed. It's been the same thing that I've been looking at, you know, since it's since, since back over here since we were doing this in, you know, May, June of 23. So
0: perfect. Hey, yeah. So we're all bullish heath. We got that. What's next?
2: Uh let me see here. I've got a few here. I don't know if anybody's gonna like these, but we'll check it out. Um I've got BAX, USDT here. Um with this one right here, it looks like we have got this one and this two. Uh, really far pullback here, but here we go rallying back out. Um, so I'm looking for a breakout, really a confirmation here above this wave B at 20025. Uh, and if we get that, uh, I think we rally up here toward uh, or 49711, which gets us at this large descending channel resistance. So right now, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, and if we can do that, we'll look for a little bit of pullback and then a breakout higher. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that at the moment. I've got, uh, what else we got here? Pundix. Oh, man. So, the Pundix, this looks great.
0: I can't believe this um, thing still this- around. Yeah.
2: Man, yeah, right? I saw it. I was like, wait, what? What, man? Nice bit of uh, what appears to be accumulation here. Um, actually, let me see here. Probably pull it like this. There we go. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we've got this nice bit of what appears to be accumulation here looking, this is the weekly because, because what I want to see is an impulsive breakout above this weekly pivot here at about 51 cents. We can do that. I mean, I I think we're off to the races. I think we hit easily. Uh, what's that? A dollar 56, a dollar 57 up here on that weekly R5. Um, as you can see, Stoke RSI has just crossed bullishly down there and oversold and just broken out. Uh, RSI is back above neutral about to break out. I mean, so if we can get that, that impulsive move there, we should see a nice, nice larger candles, larger volume coming out once more, kind of like that, breaking out through here. And then, you know, and then again, that just becomes an easy target right there at that dollar fifty change um, in there. So uh, I like that. Um, but a lot of these, uh, I don't think, any, I don't know if anybody's noticing, but, but listen, guys, if you're looking at charts, look at your altcoins, look at your weeklies, a lot of them, you're getting this right here. You're getting this so, where they're just oh, yeah. now starting to break out of oversold on that Stoke RSI. And uh, a lot of them, you know, are doing this uh, accumulation phase, finishing up that. Other ones have other structures, but nonetheless, they all look like on their weeklies, like they're getting really, to, you know, getting ready to go here. But it is the weekly, so it could take a little bit to really get going. Uh, mask, mask, another one. Uh, we actually got in on this nice rally here first that came up, and then it pulled back. But now here we go. We're trying to get above again the weekly here, right? Um, if we can, we've got this descending uh, resistance here. So if we can kind of, if we can get this impulsive breakout of that weekly there, we should carry through the resistance and initial target right there around five dollars ninety eight cents. But really, I'm looking clo- you know further up here around twelve and a half dollars. You know, overall, so you get up here, get get a pullback, up pullback, you know, but like kind of really a little bit longer term trade there. Trying to show these because so many people get in there and they think they're going to get rich. Fifteen minute scalping, um, and it's really these trades that they need to be in the, these little bit longer term trade, especially if they don't know what they're doing. So hopefully, helping them out with some of these charts here. Um, let me see here. And by, and by the way, this is this is a great just a great structure here as well. More, yeah. Um, if we're looking at volume and price action here, appears to be more accumulation here, ready to break out. And you know, it's a long period. Couple of years here. So ZRX, everybody loves ZRX, right? <laughs> um,
0: uh, what I like, go these fast cycle coins, man. It's amazing to see these come back around. Yeah, yeah, right.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, everything's setting up, right? And so you've got this again, uh, what appears to be a pretty decent look of uh, accumulation here coming back from uh, December of 22. Uh, and so if I'm looking at this, jump across the creek, which usually signals the end of your uh, accumulation we got what we call the back up the edge of the creek and then we're going to do our sideways here broken out of this descending resistance so looking for it to continue higher I've got a target up there of around a dollar and four cents a dollar four and a half and right now we're sitting what at about 35 cents so I mean you know if, if you're going to trade this again you know the weekly we're about to break out of uh, of oversold Stoke rsi RSI finding support on neutral and getting ready to cross bullishly so yeah, I mean, you know, something like this. If, you, if you're going to buy here, you know, your your stop loss just goes right below the swing low right there. Target dollar four, and I think uh, I think it's a pretty good trade. Uh, but especially if we can break out above this this right here. So there's a swing high right above the pivot here at forty one cents. So that would really be the way, you know, if, if you're not if you're not too sure about now, that would be the area I'd be looking to enter. Uh, again, stop loss right below the swing low here target up there, hopefully using good risk management. So you can make money.
0: Hopefully. Yeah.
2: Hopefully. <laughs> and then we've got Alice. And uh, again, you know, weekly dropped on down, bounced right at oversold, cross bullishly. RSI hit neutral, bounced up, cross bullishly. Here we go. Um, and so, you know, it's a three-way pullback. We've broken up above that second wave. So I think we're good to go. Uh, and I've got a target up here of $4 and 68, uh, 68 cents or so kind of gets you right around this support area, this previous, uh, support area here hitting resistance still in this lower volume node nearing that R5 pivot. Um, I think, I just think the setup looks good there again, this is the weekly. So, you know, as it gets near this swing high, it could pull back a little before it goes, but you know, this is just one of those trades. Again, you go in here. Stop loss right below the swing low. Proper risk management. Target up here, and um, you know you're good to go. I think it's I think it's a good trade, a good setup. So
0: awesome, man! And
2: you don't have to sit there and and stress out over it every day. You
0: know, no, yeah, you like the long term ones, swing trades. where uh, it might take you a while to stop out, it'll take you even longer to reach your targets. Dude, thank you so much. That was awesome. Sorry we couldn't uh, do it yesterday had to shuffle some things around, but uh, guys, follow TX West Capital. Of course, check out his Discord, everything that he's got going on. I'll be back tomorrow with the Friday 5, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, all we got for you guys today. Thank you. Peace. Later, Chris. Let's go.